Hey, welcome to Conan Kruger. I'm Cone. That's Larry Kruger. Uh, we don't have a whole lot. So first of all, we're sorry I'm late, but Larry was giving me some some game, some details on game in the back in the thing, the green room. We have a green room here. We actually convene in a green room, but that's just between us. Uh, we're gonna make bold predictions about the Niners offseason. It starts soon, and I'm really intrigued to see what the Niners do. I know Larry knows what they're gonna do, but first, Greg Cosell was talking about Trey Lance. What did you? What did you? What did he say about Trey Lance, Mr. Greg Cosell? Well, you know, Greg. The one thing about Greg is, you know, he he just you know he claims he has no bias and he lets the film speak for itself, and he just says that um, he's like he doesn't know if Trey, based on his film, can throw yet with anticipation, or if a lot of his throws are predetermined. And it's, he says it's just a question that he has about Trey, that he's, he hasn't seen enough film yet to see examples of him making those anticipatory throws where you're kind of, when you hear a quarter, the saying, you know, he threw him, he, the quarterback threw the receiver open where he led him into the open spot, into the void in the coverage or the zone. Um, so that's kind of what he's saying that he doesn't, he, he sees some things that makes him think that it's some of his, his throws are predetermined and that he hasn't seen enough anticipate anticipation throws. So we'll see. I mean, he's not saying that he can't do it. He's just saying that he hasn't seen a lot of it. It seems like with Trey, the sample size is so small and what he did was so up and down that you could kind of point to anything and be like, see this right here. I don't like it. It doesn't look good. I don't know about him. Or you could be like, this. these three throws over here, really like them. I'm enthusiastic. But either way, I think you're blowing something like three data points out of proportion, which is what makes him so frustrating and why the 49ers still can't necessarily put 100% of their eggs in his basket considering they have this win-now great team that's ready to go. Like He has a shot to prove that he's the guy to lead him there, but they can't just w- waste multiple years waiting for him to be really good. So I guess we'll see. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it seems like they should have thought of this, I don't know, before they drafted him, but no. um but maybe they didn't know the scope of how raw the you know, he is as a prospect. Maybe they didn't realize how much development he was going to need. Um or maybe he doesn't need a lot of development and we just haven't seen a lot of it yet and it's all going to kind of come out. But um you know, so far we we we've just gotten such small glimpses that you can't really make any determinations. Right. Well, um, I think it's fair to say that the Niners misjudged Trey Lance's athleticism. I think that's one of the things they've even come out and indicated that they thought he would be a more dynamic, explosive runner. Maybe he thought he'd be more dynamic than he than he has been in the NFL. He certainly was dynamic at North Dakota State, but that's a whole different level of competition and athleticism. And I think maybe they thought that even though he didn't have many reps throwing that he could sort of get by as a dual threat running back as he figured it out, sort of the way Justin Fields is in Chicago, but running got him injured running. He ran into a lot of hits his, in his few appearances. And I don't think that's the quarterback he is. So if they misjudged that they miss, they may have misjudged him entirely, but as long as he's on the roster and they've tied up all these first round picks in him, they can't really make any large investments in any other quarterbacks. They have to sort of hedge their bets and give him a chance. Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, also I heard today that Ray Ratta was saying on 95.7 that Albert Breer said that he talked to people within the Niner organization and that they were kind of underwhelmed 
and I don't know if that was the exact word, but that they were not overly impressed by Trey's speed nor his throwing. So, I, you know, that's – I don't I know question. if that's throwing accuracy, if that's throwing arm strength, what that is. I have a question. Where's all you. the leaks coming from? Where, how does that epiphany come after you draft the, the guy, Larry? I know. Well, I, I'll, I will say this. They drafted him, and there were some people in the league that, that didn't feel like they had enough information on him to even have Trey on their board. So he's a little bit of a you know man of mystery when you think about you know FCS level, the pandemic, how little he played, how little experience he has. They draft, drafted the player, I think, Grant, based on traits and process. They felt like he had the traits and that they would take him through an ideal process and it would all work out. And it's I don't I don't think it's as simple as that. And I think they're um, you know I think that they they realize that at this point. If they misjudge his speed and throwing mechanics, like that stuff, you could judge in a pro in a in a pro day setting. His speed, you could time it. Now, I'm, I know he didn't run, but if he didn't want to run, that's a red flag right there. If you can't, it, I, I know he had a he had like a twenty one mile an hour run, but that's build up speed. What's his acceleration? What's his ten yard split? You don't know. It's a pretty scary thing to trade first three first round picks and not have that information and find out after the fact that he was actually slower than you thought on film. That's scary. And then also with throwing mechanics, you should be able to judge that on film as well. So I think the thing with with Lance, I think it was the same thing with Alex Smith. When Jed York signs off on these quarterbacks in the top three, I think the Niners kind of, maybe not just quarterbacks, but anyone they take in the top 10, I think the, the who the guy is plays a big part. And Trey Lance is just so charming and polite and mature. And so was Alex Smith. And Aaron Rodgers really isn't. You know, I don't know what the deal is with Justin Fields. He seems like a perfectly nice guy to me, but there there were some rumblings about whatever with him coming out. Trey Lance was above is beyond reproach. Mike McGlinchey, beyond reproach. Solomon Thomas, beyond reproach. You know what I'm saying? I think the Niners might weigh that stuff a little too much with their top, top picks. Well, I mean, I think it's a classic overreaction to what happened at their first draft with Reuben Foster. Mm. You know, they, they invested a first-round pick on a bad guy. And then had it all blow up in their face. They so I, they thought he was a good guy on. though. What's they that? talked themselves. They thought they taught themselves into him being like a tortured, misunderstood, good-hearted person. They really thought he was. I I, I don't think he was a great football player. Period. I mean, I you know I, I but as far as um, I, as far as what I I didn't really I don't I didn't investigate uh, Ruben Foster in any way as far as his character, but. Obviously, that blew up, and he's had some he had some problems off the field. But I mean, I'm I'm just saying that I think they, you know, and not only in, even the, not just that. I mean, the preceding regime, Ray McDonald, Alden Smith, some of the players that the 49ers brought into their organization prior to Lynch's arrival, I think may have may, turned off the the you know the franchise largely to anybody in that kind of gray area of. You know, hey, there's some NFL securities uh, checks in his file, but man, he can really play. Maybe in the past they took a chance and said, you know what, let's take a chance. We think we can play. Now, I, I think under Lynch, I think they're much more um, circumspect about taking on any kind of a character issue. And it's probably a good adjustment on their part. It probably is, right? I think character definitely mm -hmm. matters. And I think it matters to them a lot if it's a face of the franchise, like Trey, like an Alex right. Smith. And I think it's interesting that you bring up Alex Smith because I think in a lot of ways, 
Um, I think Trey's going to have a very similar pro career to Alex Smith. I think he's going to eventually get there, but it's mm-hmm. not going to be, uh, you know, at all quite quick or direct ascension to the top. It's going to take time. Yeah, it took Alex Smith a long time. He was very young. He hadn't thrown a lot of passes in college, more than Trey. But yeah, I think they have a lot in common, and I think the Niners, or maybe it's York or whatever, they're drawn to that type of person. And I I really like Trey Lance. I really like Alex Smith. But that's, I mean, you're not drafting people. You are drafting people, but you're drafting football players. And, you know, Mike McGlinch, he's a great guy, but he's not a great football player. And you took him top 10. And I feel like sometimes maybe it's Lynch or they can be seduced by a you know a good speech or a good interview can't we all but i mean I, look maybe trey lance ends up being a superstar i mean maybe trey lance ends up being a superstar but you did you saw him in the in the I interview like with i think it's gonna take time though i just think you it's saw him in the inter- oh go ahead sorry I, I just think it's gonna i'm i'm i've never wavered i think trey's gonna make it i think he's gonna be a well above average nfl quarterback but it's going to take time and it's not going. And the only reason I think he's going to get there is because he does have these incredible traits and it, and football is important to him and he is right. athletic enough and he is smart enough and he is, you know, he, he, he's going to, he'll be able to learn it enough, but it's not, it's a learned thing and it's not going to happen overnight clearly. And it's, it may, may take multiple years from, from now. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. Like, again, I, he, and when the Niners took him, I liked him. And once they went up to number three, I felt he was the right pick for them. But I always felt that he and the Niners were on different timelines. Kind of like, I'm not comparing him to James Wiseman because Wiseman might not be good at all. I, I have more, some football fans don't know who James Wiseman is. He was with the, with the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors. But anyway, it's I have similar. more faith. Similar. But it's like, he needs time to play and develop and the Niners can't really give him that. They can't. Um, another team could though, if, if I were another team, I'd be looking at the Niners and Trey Lance and just waiting, you know, that's a guy I want. I feel like that's a guy who's been mishandled. It hasn't really been given a chance. I mean, Geno Smith said what they wrote me off, but I didn't write back. Dude, Trey Lance got written off after four games by a lot of people. I mean, I, I've never seen someone getting drafted so high and get written off so quickly. Uh, I hope for his sake that he can turn around. Yeah. Well, you know what he needs? He needs to play. He just needs to yeah. play. And I and the only thing I wonder, can he get efficient enough? Can he improve enough where he could play effective winning football for a 49er team that's you know tried to win a has, you know really wants to win a Super Bowl two years ago. You know what I mean? I mean, they're really impatient to win. And so are they gonna show that patience in Trey? Um, you know, does he I mean are we? He does have traits, but do we know he has higher upside than than Brock Purdy, or do we just kind of suspect that he does? Um, I don't know. I, well, I don't yeah, know he has is. higher upside than Brock Purdy, but upside is not necessarily anything that people make real. You know, th- that's all theoretical. A lot of people don't. Yeah, potential means yeah. nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you could, but a lot of people don't realize their potential. Yeah. Yeah. So far, Brock Purdy has gotten very close to realizing his. All right, let me ask you a question. Do you think the Niners should bolster their offensive line or their defensive line this offseason? I mean, clearly both were exposed to a degree in the NFC Championship game. If they had to prioritize one, what should it be? Wow, I mean, you've really got to do both. The answer is both. But um, this one's really tough because your defensive line has so many holes that if they don't bolster the defensive line, 
it's not going to be a shadow of what it's been in recent years. And that's not going to be good for the defense or for the team as a whole. So I would probably say defensive line because they, they literally are losing all these guys in free agency where on the offensive line, there's some young depth there, but man, when you look at the numbers of what Brock Purdy was able to do when kept clean, it makes Mm. you think if you can Mm. somehow build a fortress around this guy and keep him clean, he might be able to win the, win it all for you. So that's to me, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's 50 50. It's right down the middle only because Brock's numbers when pressured, as opposed to when kept clean are dramatically different. Now all quarterbacks numbers are different, but his are dramatically different. I just really feel like if they can figure out a way to block, especially in the interior that, He's probably good enough to win with. I was going to make a bold prediction. I'm going to save my bold prediction for later because a lot of my bold predictions aren't going to make fans happy, but that's what I do. But okay, <laughs> right. what, what I would what I would say, I'm, I don't want to predict what they're going to do, what they should do, what they should do. O-line. O-line. Like right now, they're committed 20% of their, they've committed 20% of their salary cap to the defensive line and 15% to the offensive line. I feel like 15% is low. And I think if you look among the teams in the league, that's probably in the top, bottom 10. I mean, there are certain teams out there that are spending 55, 60 million dollars, like 25% of their cap on the offensive line, Detroit, Philly. And I think that's the way to go, especially in if in the Super Bowl, like they're not going to call holding in the fourth quarter. It seems like we saw that happen already with Nick Bosa. He couldn't get a call in the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. It seems like the NFL wants offense and quarterbacks to win. Um, so maybe you should be, maybe you should have more than one good offensive lineman on your team. I'm just saying, nothing against Aaron Banks. More than one good expensive offensive lineman. You know, veteran offensive lineman. The Niners have Trent Williams and a bunch of guys on their rookie deals. Yeah, I bet you they won't even. I'm not going to go off. Nope, I'm not going to do predictions yet. Keep going. They need a right tackle. Yeah who can move people in the run game mm-hmm. and pass protect. Yep. So, I mean, that's, that's a hard piece to find and that's an expensive piece. You have use expensive draft capital, high picks, or you got to go sign somebody in free agency. Um, I, I'm okay with letting McGlinchey go because I think he's going to get overpaid, but they better be able to find a suitable replacement or two. Um, and in, and improve their depth there. I mean, part of me looks at this team and says Brunskill and Compton last year was were one step away from the Super Bowl. The other side says, well, they got overwhelmed in the moment by the Rams D line and they mm-hmm. didn't go to the Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. uh, I think they need a somebody who's a you know a big talented right tackle. Um, the 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 move that I would be intrigued by if I could move Kinlaw for Mackay Becton, just from the standpoint of. Becton's big. He's underachieved. He's got a bad knee. Mm. Kinlaw's big. He's underachieved. He's got a bad knee. Kinlaw mm. is known by Sala. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. Becton is would give the Niners a behemoth right tackle. Mm-hmm. Who, if they could just get him healthy, he might be able to give their run game, you know, something that it doesn't have right now. I mean, just a a dominant inline blocker. Yeah, the the problem with the not like bolstering the Niners defense right defensive line right now is that Armstead is currently taking up 10.4% of their salary cap and Kinlaw is taking up 2% at $5 million. So those two right now are taking up 
$29 million. Uh, it's hard to, and then Nick Bosa's cap number is going up to 17.8. So it's hard unless they're going to draft more. And of course they should always draft defensive linemen. They got Drake Jackson. He can make an impact, but I don't know that they're in a position to go out and sign a bunch of defensive linemen. Um, historically, I'm looking the Niners seem to budget 20% of their salary cap for the D line and 15% for the offensive line. If you go back through the years, that's what they do at least the last 10. And I'm looking at Jacksonville right now with Trent Balky. They're spending $55 million on their offensive line this year. So it's not, I don't know. Is it, is it a Parag thing? Is it a John and Kyle thing? They really think you can get by with a cheap offensive line and just splurge on one position. I don't agree with their philosophy. I feel like the offensive line is what you should be spending on. Draft defensive line, spend on offensive line. And you spend on Bosa. But if they had... Imagine if they had Buckner instead of Armstead right now. Man, they'd be in a way better position. Well, I mean, I liked that move in theory. It just has not worked out. And, you know, uh, you know, Javon, um, you know, the, the, the knee problems are, you know, can, are, seem to be chronic. And um, the other factor with him is just that he he's never going to give you much as a pass rusher. So he's got to be really good yeah. against the run on first and second down. And he's not. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think there's no question that I, they can't, they're not going to cut him because it doesn't make any sense to cut him. but I, I could see him being traded. I think the Niners It's too bad that the Niners are spending, you know, superstar money on, on Eric Armstead. It should be Buckner, but I think, I, I feel like they, they have enough invested in their defensive line. Drake Jackson's coming along, too. they got to spend more on their offensive line. $34 million when 28 goes to one guy is not enough on your offensive line. They got $28 million on Trent Williams and then like $1 million for Banks and $1 million for Burford. Jalen Moore, bold, bold prediction, Jalen Moore is going to be the starting right tackle because that, unless they're willing to actually spend on the offensive line, they should be spending more than $50 million on that sucker next year. They should be spending more than 20% of their cap on that. You're not spending on quarterbacks. Why wouldn't you? You said it yourself how good Brock Purdy is when he's kept, when he has time to throw. It seems like one of the perks of not spending on quarterbacks is being able to splurge on your offensive line, which makes everyone better. Definitely offensive line, 100% offensive line, but they won't. Kills me. The other, um, the other thing is I, I don't see a, I don't see the need. If you if you're if you're not if you're going to bring both your young quarterbacks back and right now those are the indications, I don't see the need to waste five million dollars of cap room so Andy Dalton can live in Milpitas in a in a condominium. I I don't see it. I mean, for I'd much rather go with a rookie that you like. Whoever decided they liked Brock last year, give them a day three pick and let them take another quarterback and have the cheapest quarterback room in the league and go spend that money on your offense and defensive lines. You know, I mean, I, I would like the, I mean, the one advantage that I think the 49ers really have is that Jalen Hurts is going to make $50 million going forward, mm-hmm. and Philly's going to have to pare down their free agency. Oh, yeah. They've got 12 free agents. Ten of them are starters. They're not going to be able to pay half those. No. Guys. So nope. they're not going to be the same team at all. And nobody else in the conference is ready to run with you. And you have the cheapest quarterback room in the league. And if you lean into it with a rookie to boot, um, you know, I I think you might have the cheapest quarterback room in the history of the league, at least in the salary cap. So then go spend that money in the secondary, spend that money on the D line, spend that money on the O line. 
That's what I, yeah. I mean, that's what I want to see them do. I mean, you've already you can't spend more than you already are at running back or tight end or wide receiver. I mean, you got a very expensive D line. Like you got you got some you really spend it on linebackers. It just seems okay. Very very cheap quarterbacks. Quarterbacks keep getting hurt. What should we spend on? Hmm, 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 hmm. I don't know. Can't figure it out. Protect them. I don't know, man. The last protect the quarterback. Protect yeah. the damn quarterback. That's what I would do. All right. Let's make some bold off-season predictions for the 49ers. Um this is tough, but I I I I hmm. I think they're gonna wind up trading Javon. Now I, hmm. I that to me is bold because they took him 14th in the first round. And um, you know, they're going to wind up trading him at a loss, but I think they're going to wind up trading him. I think they, I think it's, you know, it's a combination of things, but I don't know that he's the, he's what you want in a rotation and, you know, the knee, if it was the knee or not, I don't know, but he, his effectiveness as the season progressed, you know, went the wrong direction. I mean, he, he didn't get better as the season went on. He seemed to get less effective. So, I, to me, I don't think there's any question that um, he's an off-season trade candidate. Yeah, um, and you mentioned cool. Makai Becton as, as one, right? Like, that's an, that's an interesting one. A, a grass is greener type. Another guy at the end of his rookie contract who hasn't, might need a, 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 a change of scenery. Javon Kinlaw might need a change of scenery. Sort of like the A.J. Jenkins-Jonathan Baldwin trade. I like that. That could work. That might be beneficial for Javon. Right, might be a win-win. That's what you're hoping for in those trades is a win-win. You don't, you're not trying to screw anybody over. Hopefully, he goes to uh, maybe playing next to Quinn and Williams on you know the Jets. Maybe helps him, and maybe Becton with the Niners, free of New York, you know, gets in shape and shows up, and they got an unbelievable player. I mean, if Becton fulfills his potential, that's a huge win for the Niners. I think. Absolutely, uh, that's a very creative way of getting an offensive lineman on the. Roster. My my uh, prediction is that Jalen Moore is going to be the 49ers starting right tackle next year. They might bring back Colton McKivitz for. I mean, they could bring back Colton McKivitz for like the league minimum. But essentially, their right tackle next year is going to be making the league minimum. It's either going to be Jalen Moore or Colton McKivitz. They're not going to bring back Mike McGlinchey. They're not going to si- sign Caleb McGarry. They're not going to re-sign Jake Brendel. They're not going to have anyone other than Trent Williams making more than you know two million dollars next season. That's my prediction on the offensive line. I'm I'm not I'm not tied to a number. I'm it's just, to me it's just about what kind of quality do you did you get? I mean, I I like what I saw at a Banks this year. I really liked what I saw at a Burford at times this year. I'm not afraid to go young on the offensive line. I mean, guys get old quick. So, I'll take a young strong offensive lineman who's got some upside. But man, I mean it's 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 a tough position. I know uh Forster's a good coach. But man, that's a tough position to just get guys up to speed right away. Agree. But Agree. if he can do it, you know what? More power to him, and the team will be better off for it if they can build this offensive line cheaply. I'm sure it'll be fine. I mean, Chris Forrester can make a serviceable offensive line. But the question is, what happens if you're lucky enough to make it to the NFC Championship game and you face Philly or or Kansas City in the Super Bowl? What happens when Frank Clark and Chris Jones are lined up across from Spencer Burford and Jalen Moore in the right in the fourth quarter? What's going to happen? You know, that's my yeah. question. Yeah, you got. You got any more bold? It'd be glad that your quarterback can run, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's do some more bold predictions. I got. I got more. Okay. 
Um, another bold prediction. They're going to sign a quarterback. They're going to sign veteran. a quarterback. They're going to sign a veteran quarterback. And it could be Nate Sudfeld, although I think they could do better than Nate Sudfeld. It seems to me that they could sign a quarterback who started 10, 20, 30, 40 games and give the, for cheap, for the league, near the league minimum, $2 million, $3 million, and give themselves a third option should Brock Purdy or Trey Lance get hurt again or not be ready. I think they're going to start it. I, I don't have a name for you. You, you don't have a name? I, I don't I, I mean, there could be, it could be Drew Locke. It could be Taylor Heineke. It could be Mitch Trubisky if he gets cut, and I think he might. It could be Marcus Mariota if he gets cut. Now, Trubisky would be interesting. Who, Are, Mariota? Yeah, I mean. Yeah. I, I mean, what? Yeah. I mean, granted, it was the, you don't want to overreact as a one game, especially a game that was the, against your team. But Mariota was exactly what you want Trey Lance to be. He held play fakes. He put pressure on the defense in the run game. Um, he 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 was accurate in his in his in his throwing in that game. He understood the clock management. He converted on third down. I mean, it was like Marcus Mariota was literally the template of what they want Trey Lance to be in that game. Um, so I. I don't know what happened in Atlanta. I know they didn't have much of a run game this year, even though they, they ran it against the Niners. They don't have an explosive offensive team, but um, I like Mariota. I mean, you know, I think he's a good kid. He's 6'4", he's 220, he's athletic, he can run. He runs well for that size. If they could wind up with, with Trey and Brock and Mariota, I, I would absolutely love that quarterback room. Yeah, I think it would be great. Um, the thing with Mariota, I think he'd be a great signing for Arizona considering they won't have Kyler Murray next season and they need a guy to be a placeholder. So, I mean, if, if the Niners don't show interest, they could face him twice next year, and he beat him once last year. Really, the Niners, anytime they face a quarterback who's a dual threat or mobile, they're in for a dogfight. They could lose, and that's a guy that they might face next year. So, Mariota, he could run the, the Trey Lance offense, whatever the Trey Lance rushing package is that, they, that their Niners are going to settle on next year. Mar- Mariota could do it too, um, and I think you could probably get – I don't know how cheap he'd be. Maybe Arizona would give him seven, eight million dollars. I feel like you could get Trubisky for two, maybe three. I don't think people are excited about Trubisky, but I mean, he seems kind of like Geno Smith. He got written off very quickly because the Bears were stupid for taking him over Mahomes. That's not Trubisky's fault per se. He had a winning record in Chicago. Who the hell? Who the hell does that? I mean, he's also mobile. Yeah, I like mobility. You know, uh, he's mobile. Easton Stick is another interesting guy. I mean, he's you know. Much cheaper. Jarrett Stidham to me is kind of interesting. I mean, he's a big kid with a strong arm who ran well against the Niners. He did. Um, but he it's did. kind of slim pickings. I mean, you know, I, I, this is kind of why when I look at the free agents and I look at how many teams are looking for a quarterback, that makes me think that the 49ers are going to get offers on their quarterback. I don't think they're going to take it, but I think they're going to get offers. I'm sure they will get offers. Yeah. I, but they, yeah, they can't give up on the Trey Lance project after four games. You committed too many first-round picks to him. If you had taken him in a mid-round, you could, you could end that project whenever you want. But they have to see it through, and they still have two more years on his rookie contract, so there's time. Um, but, yeah, that's a bold offseason prediction. Another one. Uh, hmm. I think Emmanuel Mosley signs elsewhere. That's one. Really? He's a good um, player. And I know he's coming off a torn ACL, but I think he'll get significant interest. And I feel like the Niners... I mean, they could have re-signed him already, right? They, they re-signed Dre Greenlaw. They could have extended him already, 
But um, I'm thinking he's going to want to see what he's worth on the free agent market. He's going to go to the highest bidder. And even though he's coming off a torn ACL, he's a good corner in his mid-20s. I think he's going to get paid $11, $12 million a year. Maybe now You could argue the Niners should give it to him, but I don't think they will. Um, I think I'll give you a couple bold ones. I think Jimmy Ward, despite his talk, comes back. And Aziz Al-Shair, despite the fact that he loves it here, bolts. I, I I like both of those. Why would you get rid of Jimmy uh, Jimmy Ward? You don't have a nickel. He's a good nickel. Uh, he's not super expensive. He can play multiple positions. Um, I, sure I think he, what kind of I, offers does he get? I think Ward would be cheaper than Mosley. I do too. Mosley's a cornerback in his twenties. Right. He's really good. I don't care that he's coming off a torn ACL. He's going to get paid. He could get paid fifteen million dollars a year. Mosley. It is a little bit of a risk on the ACL because mm-hmm. it's such a difficult position to mirror receivers up and down the field. True. Guys lose even a step. You know, I mean, he he's he's a good player. I don't know that he's got a step and a half to lose. Um, I'll give you another bold one. I think Ambry Thomas gets traded because Ooh. I think as a third round pick with you know size speed, he's flashed enough talent to have value. He's too good to cut, but he's too bad to play. I think he gets traded. Um, okay. My bold prediction is that the Niners make no splashy moves in free agency this year. None. Last year, none. Last year, they signed Traverius Ward. I don't think they're going to make... I think their, their big splashy move is going to be extending Nick Bosa. Hope I'm wrong, though. But they keep having this attitude of, man, we were the best team hands down. We just got to keep this team together. We're, we got to run it back. I don't know. I don't think they're going to make a big one. Um, that's interesting. I mean, to you know, one of the major needs to me is you've got a bunch of guys that you played in a rotation on your D line and it worked effectively. Mm-hmm. They had the number mm-hmm. one D and yet Ebukama, Menehu, Ridgeway, Willis, Hyder, McGill, Mohurt, they're mm-hmm. all free agents. Yeah. They're all potentially leaving. It's true. I mean, they could always bring in there? more guys on one-year deals. I mean, they seem to do well, okay, with cast-offs who are still young on one-year deals in the D-line. But as, again, as long as they're spending 10% of their salary cap on Eric Armstead, there's only so much financially they can do. They kind of have to keep drafting this position. Yeah. That's, my, that's what I see. And it's a tough position to find guys. Yeah, I mean, they could sign a free safety or... They could I just sign Jimmy Ward. Johnson. I, I, I mean, to me, if it was up to me, I would prioritize signing Jimmy Ward and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and try to take that money from somewhere else. And if I got to have a cheap O-line, uh, I might try that. I mean, I, I, I want difference-making players. I mean, the one thing that is just abundantly clear to me, and I don't know if, if, if what you feel about this. We haven't talked since the Super Bowl about this. Patrick Mahomes is so special. Reed is mm-hmm. so special. The no, the only way you're beating them is if you are have really special difference making defensive players on all three levels of your defense. Mm-hmm. They have that with Bosa. They have that with Warner. They have it with Greenlaw. But they don't have that player in the secondary. They really don't have it if they let Ward go. So to me, I mean, you, you need some. It's not about getting a couple bodies. They've had they got bodies. They 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 need difference makers on the back end. Agreed. But you know what they're going to do? You know what they're going to do? They're going to sign a backup quarterback and a kicker. <laughs> they need a kicker. Robbie, Robbie Gould's Gold? a free agent. 
And now he doesn't want to be on the West Coast. His family doesn't live out here. He wants to go back. So who could, they could sign Matt Gay. They could sign Greg Zerline. But they got They need a kicker. That is a splash signing, Larry. That well, that's a, that's a disaster actually because Robbie Gold's very consistent. He is very consistent. You know, so but. that would be a difficult one. Let me see what kickers are out there. They got to get a kicker. They got to get they got to get themselves a kicker. Let me see. Matt Prater, Mason Crosby, Greg Joseph, Brett. How about Brett Marr? I think they should get Brett Marr. <laughs> yeah, he'd be phenomenal. How about Eddie Pinheiro? Remember hey. that was the guy that Steve Wilkes gave the game ball to at the end of the year. Hey, maybe him because it's a the Steve Wilkes connection. The Steve Wilkes connection. The Steve Wilkes connection. I like it. Didn't Chase McLaughlin play with the Niners? Yes, he did. Was he the one that missed that 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 uh, kick against Chase. the Seahawks by eight miles? All right. Any more offseason predictions? Um. Will Brandon Ayuk request a trade? No. 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 Uh, any drama at all this offseason? No. Nick Bose is going to get his extension. I don't see too much drama. No drama. The Debo drama was great. Not great, but it was dramatic. It was as dramatic as drama could be. Loved it. There's been a lot of Jimmy drama. That's gone. Yeah. I guess it's just the quarterback where's Jimmy, situation. Where's Jimmy going to wind up? Okay, that's a good one. Bold prediction. Jimmy goes to the Raiders. My see, I was thinking the Raiders too, but you know what? I don't. Th- I think Jimmy's gonna have more ch- better choices, better options. I don't think he's gonna go to the Raiders. I, I think Tampa with um, hmm. Godwin. Hmm. You know, um, I mean, I, I just think Mike Evans, a couple running backs. Who's their know. OC? Oh, it's the guy from Seattle, right? The 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 the, the, blah, 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 blah. the quarterback coach from Seattle, Neville? Canales. No, no, I think they just hired him. And I think I saw someone saying, well, they might get Drew Locke because they just brought in Seattle's quarterback coach to be their OC. Reason I say the the Raiders is because um, scheme fit. You know, he knows McDaniels. Yeah. I, he he sees himself as Tom Brady. In his mind, he should have never left New England and he should have been running the Josh McDaniels offense and winning championships. That's That's what Jimmy's life should have been. And it wasn't. And this is his opportunity to prove to Kyle that his plays do suck and that he's a perfect fit for the Tom Brady offense. That's how I feel. And I think Josh McDaniels is looking the same way. Like, he runs a very specific scheme. He doesn't change it up. Carr wasn't a good fit for it. Uh, Garoppolo is, theoretically. Yeah, but here, I mean, think about this. You're Jimmy. You want to, you wanna, you know, go to a good spot, have some relevancy. And instead, you're, you're, you're looking at the Raiders in a division with all the best quarterbacks. Or you know you're looking True. at a uh, at the at a division like you know the NFC South where you might be able to get back at Kyle Shanahan. Heck, Tampa with the right breaks and Jimmy there and the right draft, right off season, they could be that third team in the NFC behind the Eagles and the Niners. What so, about the Jets? What about Robert Sala and the Jets? Yeah, I could see that. But I, you know what? From what I'm hearing, I heard an interview this weekend with Adam Kaplan. And he says the Jets' number one choice is Aaron Rodgers. Their number two choice is Derek Carr. So I think Sounds Carr good to is going to wind up at the Jets. I think okay. I think Rodgers probably winds up back with the Pack because I think the price tag is going to be high. And yeah. then I, I, you know, maybe they'll trade him, but I, I, it's after June first, kind of a thing. I think Carr winds up with the Jets. I think Jimmy gets his pick of Raiders or Bucks and picks Bucks. Um. 
and I don't know what the Raiders do, but I, I you know, I don't think it's the Raiders would love to have Rodgers. I mean, I, I, I could see the Raiders pull. I, I could see Green Bay ripping off the Raiders for, you know, Waller and multiple picks and, you know, because there's some desperation there. I could see I could see Rodgers in Vegas. Rodgers in Vegas. Okay. I like that. Um, any more bold predictions? Will the 49ers trade up? I think they will. I think yeah. they will. Um, you know, I, there's a, um, a defensive tackle in this draft who's kind of a – I don't want to say he's Aaron Donald because he's not Aaron Donald. But um, his name is Kalijah Cansey, mm. and he plays for – same like Aaron Donald, he plays for Pitt, mm. and he's just a monster. And he's probably going to wind up being a second-round pick because he's six feet, 275. Um, but he's he's absolutely a monster. And I, I think, you know, he's he's a guy that would be a terrific addition for them. Um, so... I'd like to see him trade up for a right tackle because to me, you could get a starting right tackle if they trade up into like the top half of the third round. The Seahawks got a starting right tackle last year at pick 72. Was his, what's his name? Lincoln Abraham? Abraham Lincoln? Abraham <laughs> I don't know Lucas. what his name Abraham Lucas. Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. Abraham Lincoln. The, they got him at, at pick 72. I mean, I think you can get a right tackle. So I think that if the Niners could get a starting right tackle or a starting center or a starting anything – because fr- frankly, from from center to right guard to right tackle, they could take an impact player anywhere and figure and move people around after that. Um, that would be well, great. The guy that I love that. is the Michigan kid, uh, Olusagun Oluwatimi, who won the Outland Trophy. Uh, is one of the one of the best uh, interior linemen in the sport. Six three, three ten. You know, just a monster. Just a monster. I mean, he to me, Michigan I, offensive I, linemen are always good. Yeah, I mean, this guy's this guy has got you know this guy will move you. In the run game right now, Brendel, I think Brendel gets paid somewhere else. I think Brendel and McGlinchey both bail. That's my guess. I, I think, think they'll both get offers, and the Niners will let them walk. Got any more bold predictions? Um, I'll I'll say the 49ers uh, go go rookie quarterback. You know, yeah. I mean, even though they have two young quarterbacks, I'm re- I'm, I'm pretty confident they'll go rookie quarterback. Yeah, there's just there's four or five of them that they get a bunch of mid round picks. They got a bunch of picks in the third and fourth and fifth round, and that's where you know the Jake Hayner, Clayton Tunes, uh, Malik Tanner McKee, Tanner McKee. Those guys are going to be. Why do I feel like Kyle Shanahan loves Tanner McKee? I think he loves Tanner McKee. Bold prediction. Bold prediction. He loves Tanner McKee. Lynch loves him too, probably. Oh, oh. I'll I'll give you one off season bold prediction. Yeah, Will Levis will be okay. the first pick in the draft. Will Levis? Whoa, why? Because he just—he, I mean, you're—you're he, you're talking about a guy who's six three, two thirty, and ha, is really has this unbelievable snap on his passes. I mean, the, watching the guy throw is just downright impressive, and he's just got big time traits, big time upside. And I think when they, you know, if the draft were the day after the college football season, he wouldn't go that high. But, you know, by the time April rolls around, they will have poked and prodded these guys to such a degree that Will Levis will bubble to the surface over Bryce Young <laughs> and CJ Stroud, and he'll go number one. 
Do you think he should go? He should go number one. Um, you know what? I, I guess I would say he should go number one, but I there's a number of people who I really respect who think that Bryce Young is super special. Okay. So I don't I don't see super special. I see Bama. Um, what about Stroud? I think Stroud is is you know obviously got bigger bigger stature six three two twenty he's got the stature and the athleticism but um I I just think that he's a solid NFL starter that's gonna have a nice career but not a star. What about Richardson? Richardson I think is really intriguing. I think he goes probably in the twenties and he is going to be I think a difference maker. I mean you're I'd rather about- take. 6'3", 240, and he runs incredibly fast, and he's a big play guy. He's almost like a running back. I mean, he's yeah. he's so intriguing. I, I would say Anthony Richardson could be could be the best quarterback in the draft. I'd rather take Anthony Richardson at 25 than Will Levis at 1, but... Yeah, I would too. I don't know. Finesse Kid says, Scenario 1, trade Armstead and Kinlaw. Go get Chase Young or Deron Payne. Build O-line and draft. Scenario 2, trade Armstead and Kinlaw for picks. I don't think I see. I don't think Armstead's going anywhere because Armstead is like he's you know he's their Walter Payton Man of the Year. He's their you know guy who does the work in the community. I mean, his they love they, if they could clone Eric, they would. Yeah, but and a big thing is the culture. Like they want to keep this team together, and, and he's, the they, he's yeah they're they're really big into that kind of stuff. The culture, know. like to me, look at the Chiefs. Their team is what's constant on the Chiefs: Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Travis Kelsey, and that's the team. And that's it. Sorry, uh, Javarius Ward, D Ford, deuces. You gotta go. I'm sorry, but the Niners are like, oh man, we we love you. You're one of us. It's like you can't do that with everyone. That's how I feel. They do fall in love with their guys. Oh, they do, and they think it's it's bad business not to reward them, which. Maybe, but I'm just saying that the Patriots and the Chiefs are the two dynasties of the uh, the, the last 25, 20 years in the salary cap era, and they've shown you got to be cutthroat. Bill Belichick yeah. wasn't just handing out extensions. He wasn't. Hey, I'll say this. The best personnel people, there's a coldness to their whole personality. Yup. Uh, and that's definitely not John Lynch. Trade Kinlaw to NY for Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor's been around. Is, the that, block. is that the answer? I mean, is he like 35? I mean, he's not that old, but I mean, is don't, I don't know. I mean, to me, I want a cheap room full of quarterbacks that can all play. 33. Yeah. I think they can get that. Raymond Martinez, the goal should be a cheap quarterback room full of quarterbacks who are better than Nate Sudfeld. I think they can achieve that. Yeah. Raymond Martinez Jr. says, is there a quarterback who the Niners can realistically trade for or get in free agency that would solve the, uh, the QB1 revolving door? What assets are you giving up? Well, I mean, there's Derek Carr. If they really wanted to make a big splurge signing, he's out there. What do you think? No. I've seen him throw the ball into the turf, you know, in big situations way too many times. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I mean, it's easy for me to do from the couch, but I'll question the competitiveness of Carr. And I I, I loved him coming out, but I just think, you you know, he's, he's, he's thinking a little bit about life after self-preservation. Yeah. You know. Francisco says, have you seen that video of LeBron in the subway? The guy from the video looks like you. Was it? I haven't seen it. No, I'll check it out. James Williams says, will the Niners use franchise tag this year? If so, on who? I don't think they will. You think they will? No. I don't think they will. 
It's very expensive. Trade up for Stetson Bennett. No. I like Stetson Bennett. He's like 5'10". Yeah, I mean, he's 5'10". He's, he's, he's played with the greatest collection of talent of all time. I mean, my God. Georgia's stacked. Mr. Rudy per- Pooh said, uh, heard Gardner Johnson is getting the tag. How about Jesse Bates? Jesse well, Bates would be interesting. If you want to, if you want to get a splash signing, go sign the best safety available. He's a coverage guy, though. I kind of want to. I kind of want somebody who's going to be like the kind of guy that you got to keep your head on a swivel because he's going to detonate on you. Well, hold on. What the, the team that's had the most success against the Chiefs the last couple of years is Cincinnati. Cincinnati get Jesse Bates, and if you want to take down Patrick Mahomes, point. you might want someone on the back end who's legit, legit. I don't know, something to think about. He's going to be very expensive. Yeah. Glass half full guy says, would McGarry be an upgrade over McGlinchey? I think so. I don't know, but I'm, uh, I don't know. But as a big fan, I'm over. But as a fan, I'm over McGlinchey. I think, yeah, McGarry's a better player. I like, I like McGarry better too. Um, it's close. I mean, it's not like it's a huge difference, but I, I, I like McGarry a little bit more. The thing with McGlinchey, I know like people dog him for his pass protection because he has some viral snaps where he gets thrown to the ground. But really, his win rate is probably on par with most offensive tackles or decent ones. The thing is, he always had this reputation as being like a decent pass protector and a good run blocker. But it seemed like last year, maybe he was playing through injuries or something, but most of the Niners' long runs went left, and they've had a fairly left-handed running game. So I think they could find an upgrade as a run blocker. That'd be nice. I mean, I think that was one of the most disappointing parts. I mean, if you said, what's the most disappointing part of the Niners' team this year? I'd say it was... It was um, their inability to stop the run up the middle, and it was their inability to consistently open run lanes between the tackles. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. That's all I got. It's a shorter off-season show. You don't want to, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to leave them wanting more. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Was there a lot of talk in Miami about the Niners? Word on the street. Were the, did you, and people, uh, did anybody recognize you in, in, uh, in Miami. I, I met up. No, no one recognized me in Miami. No, it, absolutely not. <laughs> it was funny, man. Miami's cool. It's like every single Uber driver you get doesn't speak English. You know, it just doesn't feel like America. It's, I think it's really cool. So it felt like being a million miles away. It was, it was a very, it was a whole different world. I highly recommend it. If you haven't been, have you been? No, never been to Miami. No. Um, really cool. Also, uh, you know, the Niners were vacationing in Cabo. You saw that with Shanahan. I did see that. I did see that real wonder, quick. What do you think of that? Your name came up. You think so? You think they hang around being like, that Grant Cohn? Screw that guy. Hey, you don't like him either? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Give me another, hey, is Brock Purdy there? Cerveza. Give me Grant is Brock, Give me Cerveza. <laughs> is Brock Purdy down there in Cabo? No. Uh, I didn't see him. No. No. Anyway, how many people are in the – can we call it the Cabo click? It was it was Debo on the IG. Uh, Kittle. Kittle. McCaffrey. I don't know who else actually. Do you think do you think Kyle Shanahan sent out golden tickets to people on the team <laughs> that he come? Sing out roses? You hey, made the cut? Do you think they talk any football at all? Yeah. How many how many things I can't see Kyle talking about talk Well, that's all they talk. I think so. I, I don't think Kyle talks about that many things other than football. Right. What's he talking about? Books? Yeah. Can you believe no, the price of gas? You know. <laughs> I don't see it. Last one, then we're out. Mark Salas says, under the circumstances with our D-tackle situation, should the Niners have kept DJ Jones? His price tag does not look so overwhelming now. They should have recognized how 
special DJ really is. He literally shut down the run run in the middle by himself. He was not he was one of the best run defenders they've ever had in the middle. I mean, ever. I'm talking about Stubby, Michael Carter, all these guys. This guy, this guy never gave up ground in the A gap ever. And he gave you a little bit of scoot as a pass rusher. He had a kind of quick feet. So, yeah, I mean, it was bad to lose Buckner, but it was worse to lose DJ on top of it. And then to have that gaping hole this year, that's a major problem for them. That's a major problem because they weren't expecting that problem. They've already drafted to fill that that spot. And now they, they got to do something new. And so this is kind of a, this has been kind of a recurring. They can never get to the O-line because they can never finish, you know, really patching their holes on the D-line. And you can't again. You can't extend everyone. So I understand why they didn't extend DJ Jones. They signed Traverius Ward. They kind of made a trade there. I get it. But I think they felt that Kinlaw. They have Kinlaw. So why bring back DJ Jones? You got to give Kinlaw a chance. But it didn't work out with Kinlaw at least this year. And so what they did was they put all their bags eggs in that basket, and there was no contingency. So they drafted Kalia Davis. Nice, but that's a red shirt. So next year, they might have, Kalia Davis could be their starting nose tackle, and he could be just as good as DJ Jones. But it seems to me if you can draft a DJ Jones, draft another one, bring him in. DJ played right away. He was an impact player right away. Yeah. Just saying. DJ yeah. also had ankle problems, and he had a hard time staying on the field the last couple of years. I think that probably played into it. Raymond Martinez says, did Jimmy ever go to Cabo? I don't know, but you're, you're hearing the Jimmy and Kyle – you know, or fro- the it's everything's frosty now. You're hearing that. I feel like it's been frosty for years, and they just were pretending. Yeah. yeah. Let's take a picture. All right, everyone. What do you got going on the rest of the night? Um, the rest of tonight, I think I'm going to do a, a little uh, another live stream later on tonight, and then uh, more just grinding, grinding live streams. I'll be on the radio on Friday, but live streams, talking football, talking baseball, looking ahead to the second half of the Warriors season. All coming up this week on the Krug Show as we try to hit 15,000 subs. Subscribe to the Krug Show. Be one of the 15,000 if you aren't already, which I bet you are. Thanks for watching, everyone. I'll see you tomorrow with my dad.